What does it mean to be blessed? I would love to know what you think. If you could please type in the comments down below what pops into your head when you think of the word blessed and what do you think of when you think I'm blessed if. So you can fill in the blank or just come up with your own definition. No cheating. Okay, you can use Google if you want. But what does it mean to be blessed? This is one of those Christian words that's come into our culture uh, Matthew 5, blessed are you when this, blessed are they that this or that. But we, we say this word a lot, but we don't really know what it means. Uh, some people think blessed means that, that you got a great parking spot at the mall. Uh, when you watch sports, they say this athlete, he or she is blessed with a phenomenal ability and gracefulness. But imagine if you're an alien and you've never heard the word before, and you've just come across human social media, you might think blessed means really cool food combinations. Uh, you might think blessed means that when you get the, the transportation, the automobile that you've always wanted, you might think that blessed means finally having a desirable spouse, or you might think that blessed means traveling to exotic locations all over the planet in the lap of luxury because you keep seeing this hashtag blessed or you keep seeing that tagline, we're so blessed. I'm asking you this because I've been thinking a lot about this verse in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. And it goes like this. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat this is my body. You see, in scripture, when he took the bread and give thanks for it, it's another way of saying he blessed the bread. You saw, or uh, if you've gone to Thanksgiving dinner, someone's probably said, who's going to say the blessing? Or now it's time for the blessing. This word blessed and bread in Matthew 26, they're, they're connected in scripture. And bread is this massive metaphor, just for a, a refresher from last week. It's a metaphor Jesus used to talk about himself. He called himself the bread of life. And one helpful way to look at the scripture is to see ourselves as the common everyday bread in the hands of Jesus. And that Jesus held in his hands that night. This bread represents how God can make something common into something that's uncommon. God can take your life, your everyday mundane stuff and make it supernatural, make it uncommon, make it something that's, that's spectacular. People like you and me, just regular ordinary folks in the hands of Jesus become something extraordinary. And God specializes in taking the seemingly ordinary stuff of our lives and then filling it, infusing it with his glory. And when God does that, He's not going against the order of the world or some sort of like miracle. This is God's specialty. When God takes our everyday lives and our everyday just personalities and infuses them with his glory, that's God making things as they were intended to be. That's God making things as they were designed to be. A carrier of the divine, a carrier of Jesus' power. So... When we let Jesus take our life in his hands, this similar pattern emerges. We're blessed, we're, Jesus takes our brokenness and heals it, and we're given out 
for others. So this brings us back to the original question. What does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to take Jesus, for Jesus to take our life into his hands? Uh, when we think of the word blessed, you know, most of us think about wealth or good looks or some sort of charmed and easy life. And I'm not saying that, that you're bad if you have wealth, or I'm not saying you're bad if you're good looking, but don't get me wrong. Those things can be good, but they're at best, they're only hints and shadows of the real meaning of blessedness. So if you're taking notes today, if you're following along on the YouVersion Bible app with our notes, the big idea I want to communicate to you today is that being blessed is not a state, it's a story. Being blessed isn't merely something that happens to you or, or some kind of skill that you have. Being blessed is at the heart of the story of this universe and it's the, the heart of the story that you and I fit into. So we need to rethink today. Let's rethink about blessing or else we'll keep searching for worth and value by our culture's definitions. And this isn't, this isn't a new idea that's just, a, just for 2022 because we're comparing ourselves on social media. I mean, the phrase in, in American culture, keeping up with the Joneses, has been around decades. This is not a new concept. Like, we need to reframe our understanding of what it means to be blessed. And to do that, we need to go back all the way to the beginning, to the Genesis poem. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm making a point that God inspired the writer of Genesis to capture these, what would become scriptures in the form of poetry in this genre. And we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But in Genesis 1, 3, 4, this is part of the beginning of our story. It says, and God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. Did you get that? He saw that the light was good. If we were all together in the same room, I would say, all right, just say to your neighbor, it was good. I'm getting real churchy on you this morning. He's creating light and separating light from the darkness. And he's like, that's good. I think some of us, maybe we've seen movies like the old school uh, Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments, or the kind of biblical movies, and sometimes that limits our imagination. Because when I've, I read this verse, I have to fight the thought of God stoically creating the universe. Light from darkness, it is good. What if that's, what if that's an incredibly limited view of God's heart? You know, a lot of theologians say that God's full of, like, this was a joyous. So it's not, it was good. It's, that's good! You football fans, it's good! Look at that, this is amazing. Dallas Willard says that, that God delighted in creating the universe because God is the happiest and most joyful being in the universe. I like that. <laughs> we can search that out, but I believe it's absolutely true. If you want to have a conversation about that, I believe that, that joy is the engine that's moving all of this universe. Yes, bad things happen, but in the original story, joy is at the beginning. Delight is at the beginning. I mentioned poetry. This beautiful poetry is going on in the creation of God's universe. So there was beauty at the beginning 
of the story of all of this, and there's beauty and goodness in your story right from the start. Is that how you see the story of all of this? I know we've all got stuff in our lives. We've all got challenges. We've all got, we've all got things about ourselves that we hate, things that we're ashamed of that we've done, or quirks or weaknesses, all of that stuff. That's usually where we start telling our story, especially in the to- story that we tell ourselves about ourselves. My friend, I want you to look at my smiling, mostly bearded face. Your story started out good. This story started out with beauty and joy and delight. But is that how you see yourself? Do you see yourself as good and beautiful? If you're watching with your spouse, this is the time to turn around and say, you are good and beautiful. But turn it in to yourself. Do you see yourself as good and beautiful? Because being blessed is not a state. It's part of your story. Continuing on with Genesis 1, God's continually just bringing forth all kinds of life and forming plants, stuff out of nothing, matter from nothing. Genesis 1.12 says, The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind and trees of every kind, bearing fruit with seeds in it. And God saw that it was good. It continues on in verse 17. God set them in the vault of the sky to give the light to the earth, to govern day and night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Those verses are talking about the sun and the moon, all the, all the plants coming forth and animals. And after God created everything, it was good, is what God says. That's blessing when God calls someone good. And, and, and up to this point of creation, humans aren't even on the scene yet. And already there's beauty and delight you and I, at the beginning of the story, we fit into a world that was blessed. Think about darkness to light. It's a, a major theme in Genesis chapter 1 and the creation accounts. This is what God wants for you. If you're in a dark moment right now, regardless of your circumstances changing, regardless of, of prayers, and, and, and like I, I want you to know right now, that that God's journey for you, he wants to bring you into the light, take you through the darkness, giving you that peace that surpasses all understanding, unreasonable peace. That's a, a major theme of all of God's story. And that's the journey you and I are on. The The God who called you out of darkness is calling for you right now. Do you feel alone? Do you feel depressed? Do you feel overwhelmed? Listen, God is calling for you, calling you by name, saying, I care for you. I'm with you. I'm ready to encourage you. I want to give you hope. I want to start mending the broken pieces of your life. No matter where you're at in your relationship with God or where you're at on the spectrum of hashtag blessed or (laughs) things are just really not good, God wants to rewrite your story or rather to remind you of the original story, the original script. So many of us have taken the script for for creation just like Adam and Eve did and have, have written our own script and 
have at one point or another wound up in the ditch. God doesn't, doesn't say, okay, I, there's nothing I can do with this. He goes back and says, okay, we can use this, but let's go back to the first draft. Here is where the story starts. In Genesis, as we continue through the chapter in verse 26 through 28, it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and all the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Did you catch that? God blessed them. He looked at them, gave thanks, like this is good. And I think this is so interesting. Like for those of us that have uh, like maybe struggled with our faith or maybe you've heard people compare the Genesis account to other Near Eastern creation myths. I'm getting a little bit nerdy right here. And, to, and other, other creation, Gilgamesh, and there's other, other ones that there's similarities in these and similar themes. But the contrast here to the original recipients of the book of Genesis, the contrast here to other 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 creation stories is stark. In this story, there's one God, and this one God wants to create people that God can love and that will love God back. All the other creation myths have uh, these creations of, of these precocious gods, not sometimes by accident creating human beings, and human beings were at the whim of gods. They never knew if the god was angry or happy. They, they never knew if they were going to, to be smitten, <laughs> like, like in smited, not like smitten, <laughs> smote. How do you conjugate that verb? <laughs> Destroyed. But in Genesis, they're created by one loving God and created with purpose and joy. And I wanted to highlight that, that this is where the story starts. And if you flip over a couple of chapters, yes, we get to the fall of creation. When Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit, Eve accepts it. Adam says, I could eat. And in there, all of creation is flawed. So don't, don't get me wrong. Yes, humanity's absolutely capable of doing despicable, destructive things. But that's not the beginning of our story. Yes, you and I have made the same choice in many ways, probably many times, we've made the same choice as Adam and Eve. But at the same time, that's not where the story starts. We hold our brokenness in one hand, but we also hold our original story and the original intent in the other. Yes, there's original sin and uh, our, our, our will that we're, we're born in Adam, other places in scripture says, absolutely. At the same time, we're made in the image of God. When we, when we exhaust our own path, when we come to the end of our rope and we finally surrender our life to Jesus, God reminds us of the original story. It's like, okay, that part, 
all that sin part, that is a part of your story, but it doesn't define you. Literally, it's not your identity. It's a part of your story, but it doesn't name you. We go back to the beginning to find out who we are and whose we are. And the good news for you today is that it's never too late for God to rewrite your story. Being blessed, it's a state. It's not a state. It's a story. It's your story. It's the story of God reaching down and taking you, just like Jesus took the bread. The story of God pronouncing blessing over you, just like Jesus blessed the bread. What a powerful symbol of what God does and who God is. I don't know if you can sense it right now. Maybe your feelings are all over the place. But please hear, and maybe, maybe you have to pray that God would help to move this truth from your head to your heart. Because this is what God does when we're broken. This is what God does when we are stuck. He reaches, he's always reaching out towards us so he can take us and remind us of our real story. So, it's pretty powerful to think about if we really think about the beginning of our story. I love, I think I've said it before, but I was just reading it again with my kids the other night. That's a Jesus storybook Bible. And there's this line that it repeats over and over through all, all the, the selection of Bible stories that are in there. And it says, like, God specializes making sad things come untrue, rewriting the story. And as with the benefit of hindsight, and maybe it won't be until we get to heaven that we, we see how God is making those things come untrue. But this, this idea from the beginning, God has been filling this common creation with joy and life and healing. It makes me excited to think about what Jesus can do with your life if you put your life in Jesus' hands. Just like Jesus took this everyday food that everybody was eating and turned it into a symbol of his broken body that would mean the salvation and healing for the whole world. It's a reminder that God can fill our common and broken lives with joy and life and healing. And I love being reminded of, of, of the beginning of my story. And, and I was thinking about this, uh, this pattern that me and my kids have gotten into because uh, sometimes I, I feel like I'm getting on a soapbox of anti-social media. It's good in, in, in its right and purposeful, you know, good place when it brings us together. So I wanna give a good example of social media. And on my, my Facebook account, there's this memories function that pops up. And I've had social media for the entire lifetime of my kids. So a couple every September, my oldest child, it shows the, the pictures of, of the, the first pictures of our baby, our baby daughter. The same thing in June, the same thing in May with all my kids. And my, my kids often say, Daddy, tell me what I was like when I was little. And I can, I can give them the war stories. Oh, this one didn't sleep or this one would only eat cheese quesadillas for three years or, or whatever it was. And their eyes light up because they find out the beginning of their story. 
and I'll, I'll say, you know, and we named you this because we want you to be a light in the darkness. We named you this because we wanted you to be set aside for God's purposes and we wanted God to use you. We named you this, Clara, because we want you to be a leader of leaders. Like, and they, they find out like the original purpose of their names, their kids, uh, you can see it on their face. They feel seen, they feel cherished. And isn't that what so many in our culture seem to strive for? Look at me, name me, name me as good, name me as influential, name me as accomplished. And we, we, you and I have done it and we see examples all over culture. But we're spending, so many of us are spending way too much time and energy striving and working for something that we already are. It's right under our nose. If we go back to the beginning, we're reminded that God calls us good. When we come to our senses and soak in that fact, we realized that being blessed isn't some sort of state that you can achieve. It's woven into the fabric of your story. We're already blessed from the beginning. Are we taking advantage of it? Are we, are we walking like that? Are we claiming that as our story? Because my friend, that is your story. And if that's not the, the way you see yourself, if you need a little bit of help and encouragement, this moment is for you right now. I want you to take advantage. You can reach out to us in the chat, the comments, a private message. But I, I believe that there are so many of you right now that God is speaking to that you, you need to be reminded of, of your, that you were created and seen and loved right from the beginning. And maybe today is your day to start letting, to start surrendering your life uh, to, to its original intent of being loved and seen and being called a person of worth and value. And if that's you today, I wanna to encourage you to join your heart to this prayer, but I also wanna encourage you to reach out because it's important when, when God is, is, uh, is moving on your heart and you feel like God's stirring, stirring something up, like you need someone to process that with. And those of us here at Solid Ground, we would love to process that with you. So if that's you right now, I want you no matter where you're at, go ahead and close your eyes and bow your head right now and hold your hands up as a sign of surrender, just palms up wherever you're at. Dear Heavenly Father, would you please, as only you can do, remind us of the original intent and restore the joy. Uh, take the, the broken pieces of our life as we surrender them to you. And would you please make us aware of how you are mending our hearts and our bodies, our relationships, and God, we surrender our lives to you. We confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe it in our hearts. And right now we ask that as we surrender our lives to you, that you would rewrite our story, ground us in your story, the real story, and God, show us and make us aware of the process of you making all the sad things come untrue. We surrender to you and we trust you. In Jesus' mighty and holy name we pray, amen. I mean it, we love you guys. And I'm so thankful that you take time out of your week to, to worship with us like this. You are not alone. Please reach out to us during the week 
We're always available at sgbic.com. And uh, until we're together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and may God give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.